Welcome to Women on the Line, a community radio national women's current affairs program produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Emma Hart. It's wrong. Uh, the Australian public needs to know that the only thing that's going to save the motorists is two minutes of their time. You know, for that they want to go rip woodchip. Women on the Line acknowledges that this program is produced and presented on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and that their sovereignty was never ceded. We acknowledge their elders past, present and becoming, as well as the traditional owners of the land on which you're hearing us from. This week on the program, we bring you an interview with Auntie Sandra Onis speaking from the Jabberwong Embassy in Victoria and also some coverage of the Melbourne School Strike for Climate held on Friday, March 15. The Jabberong Heritage Protection Embassy was founded in mid-2018 to lead a grassroots protection action to preserve Jabberong heritage threatened by the Western Highway Duplication Project near Ararat. Earlier this week, pressure on the embassy ramped up as police threatened to make way for works to begin. This is Auntie Sandra Onis speaking about the situation. Uh, I'm Auntie Sandra, that's what everybody calls me. Auntie Sandra Onis. I live in um, Jamara country, my grandfather's country, but I'm here in Jabberwong country because it's my grandmother's country. Thanks for joining us on the show today, Auntie Sandra. And this part of Jabberwong country is currently under threat from Vic Roads and the Victorian government by the planned Western Highway. Um, Could you tell us about why this country is so important? Well, because of its cultural heritage values to us Aboriginal people, um, they have trees and that are very important. The landscape is very important. Uh, the trees are trees that were are very ancient trees, hundreds of years old. But we used some as birthing trees where our women gave birth to their babies. Um, I've been culturally modified for those reasons and also there are trees that have been hollowed out and culturally modified by the men for work, work reasons, making tools and shelter. And we ask them if it'll... Well, we require a halt to any works until the federal court case is decided. Otherwise, the current, like we've got what a proposal in for uh, Section 9, which will give us 60 days rest from the destruction, or um, uh, Section 18, which is, um, I think, 48 hours. Uh, the Section 9 application leaves control with the Minister, and she could make a decision at any, any time. Um, on the application, well, she has hold of it, so she can make this decision on the Section 9 application tomorrow if she wanted to. But if we make the federal court decision the benchmark, it will mean possibly another three or more months of no works. It'll give us a breathing space for three months. Federal court case is a real protection. As the federal government is funding 80% of the works. And there is an option, of course, for an injunction. We're hoping to ultimately lodge um, 
and we got, you see, there was a, a, a what they call a chimp, a cultural heritage management plan, and that was done in 2012. But that was so flawed. There were no women involved in that. Um, there were no women in the team and didn't identify any of the six trees that we want to protect. You know, they say there was no no um, cultural heritage values is outrageous. The trees themselves speak for it, and certainly the landscape. It sounds as though the process has been very problematic, and the situation now, as I understand it, is that police and, I think, bulldozers and um, construction equipment are very close to the site. Can you tell us a bit about the... Well, I haven't seen any of the construction equipment yet. Uh, these things I usually keep well out of the way until the day of the, the day it happens. We've managed to hold those works with that protest on Tuesday. We managed to stop them but just have long four, I'm not too sure. And I understand that there are quite a number of people at the Jabwarong Embassy at the current time? Yes, uh, people have been coming and going all week. Um, there's usually between 20 and 30 people at each, at each place. We're asking for this cultural heritage management plan over the entire area. And it's to be done in consultation, we hope, with, um, well, it has to be, with uh, traditional owners of our choosing. And I would think, I mean, in fact, that we would be able to appoint our own archaeologists. Um, they've just, they've got to be very careful. I mean, they've just sound down at Colac or near Colac. Dick Rose are working down there and they found a skeleton of an Aboriginal person. But these things, it's a, it's a wonder. They, with all the cultural heritage um, work that's been done on, on various country in Victoria, anyway, you would think that something would have been found long before this. I have asked some anthropologists and archaeologists I know if they've ever come across any. Um, one said she had, and they did have bullet holes in them, mm. in their skulls. So, you know, whatever has happened to most of them um, can only be left up to their imagination. Many Aboriginal remains have been sent overseas in the past. Um, in the early days of colonisation, indeed, it was an industry. You, did, you weren't up with any, you weren't trendy in those days if you didn't have one in your bathroom on the way. You know, it was disgusting. People do that even with the non-Indigenous um, remains. That's outrageous. How could anyone do that to somebody's body just because it's a skeleton? You know, our people were fed to pigs in some cases. That's why I don't eat pork. I just refuse to eat it. The thought of it is just no way, you know. But it's outrageous what, these, what the state government does 
and he has done and what he's still doing today. It's outrageous nationally that we have such a high rate of deaths in custody. It's gone up to about 150% now since the Royal Commission. The rate is higher now than it ever was, I mean, 150%. And in itself is outrageous. We don't count. I saw that um, one of the rallying calls for the camp at the moment is no trees, no treaty. I mean, the broader impacts of colonisation you've been talking about seem to be really reflected in the way the government is approaching uh, this really important country. Do you, I mean, do you feel like the Andrews government is... The Andrews government, they don't seem to care. They don't seem to care. You know, he said in the early stages of this development that he would he would talk with Aboriginal people, Jabberong people in particular, and that hasn't happened. All he's done is sanctioned destruction. You know, he doesn't care. We, my family's always been on Labor voters. I'm constantly being reminded of now of their... They don't care. They're party people too. I, I'm starting to think, you know... No politician is um, honest. Most of them are party people. Women on the line. And if people want to support you or find more information, what, what can our listeners do? Well, if they can't come and stand with us for various reasons, all we're asking is people to send an email to the Minister's office and just keep on sending emails. Now, let's, let's, let's jam their system until they're choking on our emails and addressing it, say, stating that they don't like what they're doing to Aboriginal people per se. Not just... Not, not, not that, that these trees are not important, but our cultural heritage is important. We are important. You know, this is our country. We aren't the invader. We've never invited anybody here to live. You know, indeed, everybody that lives in this country today is here at my, at my invitation in my country and not at the invitation of any Aboriginal people anywhere. Nobody's ever asked us. <laughs> And that's why we do welcome to country in some cases, you know, where we feel people need to be welcomed. We do welcome people to country. And I'm not asking everybody to leave this country. No way, I don't want that. We want to live side by side in harmony now with everybody. What is the sense in continuing to be destructive? and to continue with this racism that is shown towards Aboriginal people. And in doing the things they're doing, it's racist. There's no treaty. There's no treaty, and there never will be a treaty. We we'll never will trust them because they don't they lie to us. A treaty, will, if they do do any, it will be, they will be corporate treaties. They won't be grassroots. They don't recognise the grassroots people. I only recognise those Aboriginal people 
I'll say it nicely, tie their bootlaces. You know, they don't recognise Aboriginal people on the ground. And it's sad. It's sad that in this country, in this day and age, that Australia can treat us in such a manner or allow us to be treated in such a manner. And I believe and I say that if people are, don't say anything, don't support what we are saying, they are just as guilty as the government that we're up against. Mm. The people of Australia have to show their support. The only way I believe we can win anything is if the people of Australia support us. And to support us is, as I said, a simple email. A simple phone call, um, sign some of our petitions that are on social media. You know, it's not hard. We have a Jabberwong page on Facebook. That's also got a petition on there. You know, there's different ways that people can go. No one can say that they have, haven't got the means. Because as I said, even a simple phone call and everybody can ring up that's not hard to do. Mm. And we'll post the details where listeners can go to find the information of who to call and where to email as well to go along with this episode. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add, Aunty Sandra, about the situation at the Jabberwong Embassy right now? I, I understand that uh, there's still a police presence following Tuesday's protest. Yes, is that correct? Still uh, I believe they would have been surprised yesterday when um, they made out that they were coming back by driving up and down and standing across from the embassy and taking pictures of the embassy. And they got caught by Zella Mack and some others and um, they took off. But um, they've been driving around the roads and they're just keeping an eye out I believe, just to see how many of us there are. I believe they were surprised at how we were immobilised, how quickly the cavalry came. <laughs> that was a good one yesterday, and um, today they're still coming. They're coming, they come and they go, which is good. But we know that we can get help as soon as we press the red alert. People will come. And that's been good. It's been wonderful. Mm. And what do you hope will happen from here? You're currently... I'm hoping that we'll, we will ultimately get a, uh, a court order, an injunction that will stop them from destroying what they are doing. I'm hoping that the Minister will see sense. We've shown them an alternative. It's a cheaper alternative. And I can't see why... They can't accept that. But instead of going out and wantonly destroy ancient trees and to change the landscape is disgraceful. They want to destroy the hills in the area when they don't have to, and there's no need for that. It's just something that they'd already decided before we became involved in protests that the thought of it um, they'd already signed up their contractors and their contractors had already signed up their mates, mates rates and all that stuff. 
and you know, it's it's just outrageous that they think that they can wantonly keep destroying this land, our landscapes. Mm. We have to stop. Some of us are going to throw ourselves in front of the bulldozers if we have to. So it's going to become a rough fight if necessary. We'll just wait and see what happens. Wishing you every solidarity from here at 3CR with that with that fight, Auntie Sandra. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Is there anything you'd like to finish up with? Thank you, Emma, for having me. And thank you, 3CR. And thank you, all you listeners out there in Radio Land. Okay, get up here and support the Jabberung Embassy. We'd love to see you. That was Auntie Sandra Onis speaking about the Jabberung Heritage Protection Embassy in Victoria and the fight to save sacred trees and culturally significant landscape from destruction as part of the Western Highway Duplication Project. For more information about how you can support the embassy, visit dwembassy.com or search for Jabwarung Heritage Protection Embassy on Facebook. Women's on the line. <laughs> oh, that was... Women on the line. Women on the line. <laughs> <laughs> On community radio around Australia, you're listening to Women on the Line. Next, we'll bring you excerpts from the school strike for climate protest held in Melbourne on Friday, March 15. This is young Pacific Islander speaker Pearl. As our young people are fighting today, will you help us raise our voices and elevate the people in the Pacific? Will you repeat after us? We are not drowning. We are fighting. 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 Political leaders, we're calling you out. We are fighting. We are not drowning. 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 We are fighting. Our young people are here to tell you that our people who keep fighting for our right to stay alive, we will keep fighting for our right to influence your decisions on what that's going to do to the Pacific and what it's already doing. Thank you for having us. We will not drown. We will continue to fight. Can we have another huge thank you for the Pacific Climate Warriors? Now we're going to be hearing from an amazing girl called Elsie. She's in grade five and she's helped us organize the whole strike. and I are here today is because climate change is threatening our future. And now, when the temperatures and sea levels are rising and bushfires are increasing in intensity, the adults in power still debate whether a climate crisis even exists. I'm still seven years away from voting and everyone tells me my generation will fix our planet, but we can't wait that long. So it's time for the politicians and adults 
to stop relying on our generation to fix our planet, to stop it dying and to go 100% renewables. And yes, what we're asking for is radical and urgent solution to a radical problem. People say my generation are indulged and overprotected, but please indulge us one last time and give us air we can breathe and a future on our planet. here today to stand in solidarity. I'd like to thank all the unions and organizations that are supporting us. Everyone, this is our future we're fighting for. The biggest thing that fuels my drive for this movement has stemmed off of a lesson I learned through Greta. The biggest mistake you can make is sit back and think that someone else is going to save the planet for you. This planet is ours. It belongs to me, it belongs to you, it belongs to us. We're you Each and every one of us has a voice, and today we're using it to unite as one. This is our home and it's not being taken care of. So it's time we step up to take care of it ourselves. fact that today young kids as little as eight years old from all over the world are striking. The younger generation has been forced to think about how they're going to survive. They've been forced to think about what they'll have to do to ensure that they can live a safe and normal life when they're older. This is their childhood. To all the adults in the audience, I want to I wanna have you think about what your childhood consisted of. How was your childhood like? Did your childhood involve you thinking about how you'll, survive, how, how you'll survive in a world where temperatures and sea levels are rising? The rate of natural disasters will be accelerating? Did you feel so uncertain about your future that you had to strike? <laughs> it's funny how the world works. If scientists were to say they found a cure for cancer, you will listen to them. But when scientists say that climate change is real and we need to act now, you choose to ignore them. You need to pick a side. You either believe in science or you choose to ignore it. You cannot accept only the facts that benefit you. You cannot cherry-pick data. Scott Morrison, with all due respect, perhaps it'd be a good idea to update your scientific knowledge. In fact, why don't we switch roles for a day? 
You go to school while we'll take care of your office. I think that's a good idea. Australian leadership is currently failing us, and young people are sacrificing what they love to protect their future. That goes to show that this generation is brave, it's strong, it's courageous, and most importantly, it's hopeful. We will not back down until we get what we want. Only having 12 years to lower carbon emissions by 50% isn't going to be easy, but we don't care because it needs to be done. In order to see any kind of change, you need to take the first step. I'd rather sacrifice a day of my education today to demand action on climate change than have my kids' school be canceled due to a heat wave or any other natural disaster. I want you to take a moment to look around you. Look at all the people gathered here today. It's not just us in this fight. This is happening in over 100 countries in the world today. Look at us. Look at what we've done. This is the future that we want to preserve. As Halsey has said, this is only the beginning. This is not the finale. And that is why we're here, and that is why we rally. Change is coming whether you like it or not. Thank you very much. Dale Bridge from the Australian Council for the Defence of Government Schools spoke to students attending the rally. What brings you out here today? Tell people that climate change is a huge issue and that we need to be supporting it in every way that we can. Where did you first become aware of climate issues? Mostly on the news and when I heard that the government weren't doing anything about it, I got pretty annoyed. Do you talk about climate change at school? Yeah, so last year we did a unit on it. Uh, you were saying you don't at your school? Yeah, well, we go to the same school. <laughs> it's like we all go to different classes oh, and yeah. different teachers yeah. teach different things. I don't think that they focus on it enough. I feel like it's such an important issue and it doesn't get as much attention as it really needs. How was your school about letting you guys come out today? They were fine, just our, I think our parents had to say, you know, it's okay that they go. But as long as that's fine, then the school was fine. With and what do you say to people who say just let children be children they shouldn't be involved in politics how do you respond to that i think that's stupid because it's our future that they're ruining by saying oh no climate change is it doesn't matter it's not important it's our future they're ruining when did you first become aware that climate change was an issue i came aware my brother's really into it he taught me he's shown me everything and i've come along to protest with him now and it was a few years ago and I've been trying to get some action going. Okay. Do you talk about climate change issues at school? Not, not enough. It's related in some subjects but it should be talked about more in history subjects as well, saying that this is actually going to affect us if we really need to take action. How was the school in supporting you guys in this action? They were supportive. They were mostly supportive, but they didn't let us put posters up. They can't, they can't really encourage us to skip out on school, yeah, they yeah. but they, were, they weren't against it. And what would you say to people who say children should be children and not worry about politics? They're um, going to be in the world in the future, so it's more about us in the future. Our future, rather. Our future yeah. and we really need to change our world yeah, because yeah, we're going to sink yeah. <laughs> and burn. You were just listening to excerpts from the Melbourne School Strike for Climate protest on March 15. 
part of an international network of climate protests by school students across more than 90 countries, resulting in the largest ever action on climate change. For more information, you can visit schoolstrikeforclimate.com. That's a number four. And that's all for Women on the Line today. Women on the Line is a community radio national women's current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. We greatly appreciate financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email to womenonthelinea at gmail.com or phone 3CR on 03 9419 8377. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from our website 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by La Tigra. I'm Emma Hart. Hope you can tune in again next time.